I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Folks, we are live with the High Tech Podcast. Actually recorded, but we will be. Yeah. And we are live right now. We will be we're, recorded. We're kind of I the opposite know. of live. Like, it's literally the opposite <laughs> definition. Recorded at a different time and then released We are separately. yet to be recorded while being recorded. The process is that wasn't in process. Yes. <laughs> This is Department of Redundancy Department this evening. Uh, this is your one host, William Millingworth, with your co-host, Joshua Swartz. You there with me? Hello. Yep. There's two of us. He's Not just one. Here. Yep. There's, Episode there's 101. We're here in Whew. season four. It's like we're doing it, dude. Yeah. Uh, we say that a lot. Like we, I don't know, you know? Yeah, we, we're doing it. You know? <laughs> we we just came off of Extravaganva, you know? That's true. Yes. Yeah. I even got the name right this time. I feel like I mess it up a lot. Um, yeah, I'm the one that wasn't on board for the longest time. Yeah. So, yeah, you you won that one, and you and Renee and others won that one by yeah encouraging Extravaganza. Yeah, it's you know it was a good name, but now we're past that. We're on episode 101. Boom. We are we are on to the next topic, and we're in season four. Like nothing's happened, nothing's changed. We're just we're just going. We've got it. Yeah. It's smooth. We're just doing it's our thing. Working now, yeah. as easy of a intro as that is, it's barely. It's barely like, I don't know, morbid enough for the topic. <laughs> yeah, we. Like, if like, we were really like we're thinking through this, we could have had like like a spider or like something. You know, like dark. I was thinking Halloween. I realized okay, that my I, I my really... my logic was not connecting. You um, wanted a black widow to kill you? Like? Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't know where I was going. With that. Hold on, hold on. I got an idea. Okay, here we go. We're introing. We're talking about our episode. It's gonna be okay, great. Listener, listener, he's looking down. He's doing something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking down. I'm he, doing under the uh, pressure oh, of no. trying to do this quickly. I'm no. not entirely you, sure. You're fat thumbing it over there. He's probably looking at something on his phone. He wants yeah, to get yeah, a sound no, no, effect. Hold on. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. No, it's not gonna be a sound effect. It's gonna oh. be. I'm just gonna. Oh. I'm gonna turn down the lights. Oh, yeah. he's doing it. some a visual effects, a VFX for those in the know. Yeah, it's getting very dark, very Where's dark. The, like because, red light. You know, we're here talking. Okay, see now you're challenging me to do a different <laughs> light color. Actually, I'm not going to do that because my RGB does not do red well. Uh, just a fun fact. If you're not, oh, there you go. You got red. Okay, hold on. Here Dang it! Go. Now I feel like I need to at least try. You know. Does that look red? That looks red, right? You got a vibe? If no, no, red were gonna... orange, yes. Okay, yeah. See, that's the problem. My RGB doesn't do... Are you using wise lights in your office? Absolutely. Sorry, listener. Hold on. We're having a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I have wise lights in my office. Okay. Then why does yours do red? Mine doesn't do red. Uh, Mine hates who, me. Who knows? Oh, um, I'm going to keep it at blue. It's fine. I, I'm actually enjoying this. Like, I'm just like... A little dark vibe? We're tw yeah. You know, we should have done this before we recorded the episode, but here we are. We're live. Yeah, we weren't thinking... We weren't thinking we're live that. to be recorded. That's fine. Um, Although, I don't know if you realize that we unintentionally matched our shirts with our lights now. And there's some more red. So I'm just red on red on red up in here. Yeah, yeah. no, that's great. You, yeah. Oh, and I'm the dark side and you're the light side. You went blue, oh, I went red. It. Oh, it is... Uh, well, not when this episode releases, but when we're recording, because we're it's not doing Star Wars live, <laughs> the opposite definition, it is Star Wars week in Will and I's life at this moment, which is an important time. Anyway, all of this was an extended way of introing and being unplanned in the high tech podcast of As getting us do. to a, a morbid topic. Is higher ed dying? Dun, dun, dun. Um, that was... No, and I almost wish we had thought to do something like Clue. Like, who killed higher ed? Was it... Yeah, who killed <laughs> Was it Dr. Violet in the laboratory with a yeah. telescope? I like how I you picked know. the one professor. 
Like, <laughs> like you were like, I'm going to pick the one educator in Clue. Um, I don't know I've, if that's a real character. Uh, I made that I've, up. <laughs> it is. Isn't there a Dr. Violet or Purple or something? Or is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Clue. All I know is Colonel Mustard. Anyway, um, is, uh, the Hector podcast, we talk about a very varying of things. Well, we like to talk a lot. I think our topics kind of lean more towards tech and whoa got really bright on your screen uh (laughs) tech and like instructional design ux that type of stuff tends to be our our topics um there's a you know there's a lot of articles i don't know about you will but like i there's a ton of articles dropping around about like the future of higher education if you're new to this game or you're listening to our podcast and you teach in k-12 um which even if you teach in k-12 you should be seeing this if you're on twitter um (laughs) Like, there's a lot of discussion about higher ed. Higher ed's going through hard times right now. A lot of enrollments are down at institutions. Um, And I think there's understandably a lot of conversation about what does the future of higher ed look like? Wow, you just got even more red. And in my defense, you also kind of look orange on my screen. So it's fine. You know, there you go. Anyway, there's a lot of conversation about this. Is higher ed dying? What's the future of higher ed? You know, if I get uh one more post or email from somebody at a large at a higher level (laughs) position at an institution about their hot take on the future of higher ed um my head is ai gonna kill higher ed is the economy gonna kill it is our there seems to be a lot of potential murderers sitting around for higher ed (laughs) why is why is higher ed this weak little baby that's just ready to die (laughs) yeah like and also why are we not putting these things in prison i'm just throwing this out there (laughs) yeah if we think ai is gonna kill higher ed we'll talk about that later during the season uh will and i are planning a big ai conversation trust me we haven't forgotten about it um, and it hasn't forgotten about us. I'm pretty sure it's also doing its own version of a podcast. Anyway, there's a lot of, there's a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of things supposedly killing higher ed. And I wanted to, you know, we were actually going to talk about something different on this episode, but we decided um, to talk about this because I just think there's a lot of conversation going around it. And I'm curious, well, you and I have conversations about this, but we've never really talked about it on the podcast. Like what are our perspectives and views I I do want to do a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of history for okay. just me, my experience, right? And put that okay. out there. I think there's plenty of folks that will kind of resonate. Yeah. But um, High tech history right here. High tech history. Even Ooh. better than high tech high tech hijinks. I like that. Yeah. Um, I was raised in a family that expected and told me, like, go to college. It's a good thing. My, my father was always open. He, he uh, worked in trades. He was... Um, a contractor all of his life. He was a very uh, didn't didn't want to work for anybody kind of guy. He yeah. was always open to the fact that I could go be a plumber, or go be a welder. Mm-hmm. Like he said, uh, William, that's an option. But if you don't do that, you need to go to college. So the expectation was set there. I remember, literally, I I know that it's the it's the crux of my professional career. That I got out of college and I thought to myself, while walking around campus, like the day of or after graduation, what the heck did I just do? What did I just spend all of that money on? Right. And it stunned me that I wasn't, I, I, I had, I had, a, I had a job, I had a job lined up, but I wasn't like out in the market. I wasn't hearing anything from anyone else. I was, I was just stuck there with like, can I remember anything I just spent three years studying? Do I have something tangible that's going to help me in my professional career? Because I also got a job that wasn't in my bachelor's degree study. I wasn't going to go and teach English as a second language. I was going to end up in the office of online education. Very different, similar, but very different. And so like that being a starting point for me, like I've wrestled with the value of higher education since I graduated from undergrad. And then I went and did a master's degree and I was so against the the expense that I found a way to have my institution pay for it and go through, you know, tuition reimbursement plan, and all that kind of stuff, because I knew it wasn't worth me paying for it. I knew it might be good for me, but I wasn't willing to spend the, to spend the dollars. So just at a monetary level, my entire experience with undergrad higher and higher education um, is all about cost. Like it's too expensive. It's not worth this. I need to do this in a cheaper way. And if it's not worth the value, then what the heck are we doing with it, right? If, you, if people are ending up with 20, 30, 40 
$100,000 worth of debt coming out of this stuff. What's the return on investment? A uh, good friend of ours, I'm not going to name him for this because he, you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't, have, doesn't have my permission, but we both know him. He's, he's a friend of the podcast. Just got his student loans forgiven after participation, participating in the National Student Loan Forgiveness Plan where you have to work in a nonprofit or uh, education context for X amount of years and make 120 consecutive payments on your loans and then the, the remaining mm-hmm. the remainder will be forgiven, right? Like yeah. if we have to think like I do and work like he did to make our college degrees worth it, to me, economically, higher ed is dead. We are spending way too much money to pontificate and not get in many cases not get very practical skills to me and i'll raise my hands up listeners so that i cast this awesome weird you know shadow in the background of a gripping hand squeezing something dead like i i think higher ed's dead that's my take because of all that and more i think higher ed is dead okay well, there we go. That's the answer. We're done. Move on uh, on the podcast. That's a wrap. Okay, on to episode 102. We're, yeah, we're on to 102. Look at us solving problems quickly. <laughs> yeah, so like, Will and I's perspectives are different on this. This is why I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Because we, we tend, Will and I tend to agree on a lot of things. Or we inadvertently agree. We didn't realize we agreed. Like, we planned. There was one episode. I forget what it was. You and I planned to be more divergent. Right, right, right. And we ended up just agreeing. I don't remember what it was. We didn't talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. Um. But uh, this this is where I, I do disagree a little bit. I okay. now I I will be up front. The, the way I worded this question is higher ed dying. Not is it dead yet, but is it dying? Like is this is this the is I higher just ed? It. You just yeah, watched is, me kill it with my hands. Is higher ed the knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Like its arms are cut off, but it's not dead yet. You know what I mean? Like I'm it's not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. That's not even the knight. That's the guy that they're like carrying around or whatever. I don't. I don't even know. Anyway, oh, oh that's he's in. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he's in the death cart or whatever it yes. is. You know, like I watched that movie a lot. I had a friend in high school. Side note: who memorized the entire script to that movie mainly because he it. like he that his iPod screen broke. I'm dating myself. But his iPod screen broke, and the only thing he could scroll to was, was the Monty recording Python. from the Monty Python the Holy Grail movie. So, like, he he used to yes. listen to that on repeat. Anyway, um, is it dying? So, my, my perspective is... Now, I will say this. Will, I agree with you on the money thing. We've been talking about this for a long time. Higher Ed's been talking about this for a long time. This isn't a new conversation. Yeah. I think it is getting ridiculous the amount of money that we have to spend on higher ed. Now... I think it's a two-way street. I'll just be blunt. Um, I think like our specifically will urinize generation and, and definitely like under us like to complain a lot about the price of higher ed. Um, We were also the people who like expected institutions to have giant poles. Um, like, and I like, didn't, oh, we but didn't, I, I but in large, you. right. I hear there's you. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bigger expectation for what higher ed's supposed to have. Right. Part of the expenditure of pricing in higher ed is ridiculous uh, services that we have placed in higher ed, like things like the big institutions with rock walls and the expanding um, amount of staff and personnel that we have to have in higher. This is me speaking as somebody who is a staff member in higher ed. Like there's a reason these expenditures have jumped up. It's not because people in higher ed just want a lot of money. It's because, uh, there's a lot of people they're paying to do things. Um, that doesn't change the fact that I still think it's a problem. Like should students be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for degrees that they may not fully use when they leave? Like, let's be honest. Will, we've talked about this a lot and I'm even, my story is different. I went to higher ed. I left higher ed before I'd even graduated. I already had a job in the field that my degree was in. Um, and I was using what I had learned um, and unlearning some of the things I had learned uh, from the bad <laughs> professors uh, and uh, doing the job that I was doing. Then I transitioned, as we talked about on this podcast before, I transitioned out of um, church ministry and I transitioned into higher ed, taking the job Will used to have that was now the Office of Digital Learning. Um, and now since then moved up in that office and I'm in a, in a different position in what I'm doing now and leading a team there. I still use some of what I learned in higher ed because I'm naturally in a 
the institution that I came from. And right, so right. some of what I learned in undergrad and in my master's degree program, then eventually I'm using to a certain extent in there. Um, but I'm not using all of it. Like you and I both ended up in positions that we didn't go to school for. And that's common. Like it's not uncommon that that happens mainly because right. when we're in education we don't know what we want to do like we came out of high school most of us right i spent right. a few years in a band beforehand that's why i think my journey was also a little bit different i had a little bit more of an idea of what i wanted to do because yeah. i'd spent several years doing other things after high school i didn't go right into college even though my dad would have liked me to go right into college i instead grew out my hair and played on tour for several years you did it you did the perfect rebellion i did i did that journey. well i wasn't the perfect rebellion uh we were we didn't really like drink and party as a band. Uh, That's just, fair. That's fair. You know, we just That's played good. music. Good for uh, you, my friend. We were, you know, that was us. You know, anyway, and we were a little nerdy. Um, uh, but anyway, pop punk's coming back, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway um, so my journey's a little bit different. Um, that said, I do think here's my perspective on the question of is higher ed dying or not. I don't know if it's necessarily dying, but higher ed level education needs to rethink what we're doing. Um, right. I think we've created a system that's been around for how long? I don't even know at this point um, that we've had. Do you remember how long the higher ed system is really? I mean, we know it dates back to a lot of times, like even Princeton and stuff being started as like seminary type of stuff. Um, but and even some of our models go back to some of what was happening over in um, like Europe uh, originally. Um, Princeton but... is 1746. Oxford is likely established uh in 1096 you know now the <laughs> oxford model back in 1096 was probably very different than what's happening right now no, i i think that they were probably using ipads and everything probably yeah well like... they probably they probably had advisors or uh student success coaches whatever the heck student we call them now um or personnel or experts or yep. jedis whatever we call them at this point i prefer um, sith Yes, for Sith. Well, some might be. Um, anyway, uh, there's. <laughs> it's, we've been using the same model for a while, and I do think there's a change that needs to happen. Um, I think yeah. higher ed, as we know, does need to die a little bit at this point. And do I think AI is going to kill it? I'm going to be honest, people. I I don't. No. I I think um, it's going to change it. But it's it's going to change it. it, but AI is going to change a lot of things. Um, now some good some bad depending on we'll talk about our ai series coming up in a, in a little bit this season but um i don't think that's necessarily gonna be the killing point i think the killing point is this like you have talked about we were talking about beforehand will there's more of a transition coming to the fact where people care more about like do can you do the job can do you have the yeah. skills to do what you need to do do you have emotional intelligence to interact with people you know can you think critically um, and those right. are all things that I think higher ed can develop. Like one of the, one of the pushbacks I do have towards some of the stuff that we talk about around this area is this conversation of um, like viewing higher ed as just a skills based thing for jobs. I do think right. there's a lot of value to the humanities and things where we learn how to critically <sighs> think we learn how to process information. We learn how to innovate through not just learning and hard skills for jobs, but learning how to think and, that, and that's i understand that's a luxury ties... to a certain extent well unfortunately these days more <laughs> yeah. and more a luxury than a commodity um that ties together a couple of the things you and i have said like i have some issues with the cost you're you're pointing the, the pools and the rock climbing walls and some other stuff that have like inflated the cost right i was doing some base basic basic googling research and like in the 60s when my dad would have been in college tuition was like maybe two thousand yeah twenty five hundred dollars a year you know, you're talking about, uh, yeah, that's just ridiculous. But like we have everything's inflated, right? Everything's more expensive from that mm -hmm. time. But I, I think if you went, you know, pennies to pennies, it probably would be that there's a lot more things being spent money on in college today than there was when my dad yes. was in college, yeah. for instance. Um, but the point of like these skills and these and the pools and the rock climbing walls in the first place, like I believe that there's a lot of things we've built into education because maybe they were a part of um, primary school, higher edge, you know, uh, high school, that kind of thing. And they, they kind of came up with the students. But like, if you want to be a professional baseball player in the United States of America, you go to college, 
you play at college level, you get a scholarship, you try and keep your GPA above a 1.5. And, you know, there's this way, like, if you want to be a baseball player in the Dominican Republic, you play baseball. If you want to be a football player, a soccer player in Brazil, you play soccer, right? Like, I, I, I think that that's okay. And that's a good thing. The, I kind of, kind of think the international world has a better, um, use of sports and sportsmanship for professional careers than the U S does. Like, I do not believe us keeping these students in college on their scholarships to become baseball players, NFL players, NBA players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Is, is meshing with what you're saying. I love the humanities. I love training to think. I like thinking to train. I like what we had um, in that episode with Nick at ArgueFlow, how Nick's saying, like, I want people to be able to argue and think critically yeah. through these things, right? That is, to me, the playground of higher education. And it's and it's kind of the white tower-ish approach to, like, why academia is the smart people. I'm not – I don't like that term. Like, it's not – academia shouldn't be the smart people. It's, it's the academically inclined people, right? I – can't jump seven feet in the air and catch a baseball going at 150 miles an hour before it goes out of the stands for a home run, right? Like I'm not that person. And so mm -hmm. why should that person be in the same class with me if that person doesn't want to be in the class? There's, there's, yeah. there's tons of things like that where like just, just at that alone, America, United States of America needs to be better at supporting sports as its own career much like the international world treats hospitality. The U.S. is actually catching up on hospitality as a career and as um, like degrees and stuff like that, right? But like, Yeah, there's more degrees in that area now. We get so many folks in the international world coming to America to work in our hotels, to work in, because it's a study. It's a field of study in many, yeah. many, many countries. Yeah, yeah. It's an export. They actually send people out of countries to go and work in hospitality. So like in my opinion – what higher education is today does need to die, should be dead because it's so inflated with money issues and and mixed goals and scope creep. Like it's not about learning. Yeah. I think there's things like engineering and some of the trades that probably still don't really need to even be in higher education just like the others because there should be an engineering school. And that's that's kind of how they started the universities were in the back in the, in the days. Oh, yeah. There's before this anyways. Right. You and I talked we about just had a before. school there's, of engineering. Yeah, there was a trade system like and that's that is something I know you and I have talked about where like the apprenticeship and trade system idea is something we've lost in our country. Uh, specific, I, th I think specifically yep. in our area, but as in just primary. in higher ed in general as a primary and like reconceiving of that, like there's skill based yep. things that we now do degrees for, but we know at the end of the day, all the learning science says also doing it at the same time is important. Like yep. that people learn better when they have that practical experience going around with it. But we, we put people in a distilled classroom for maybe three years before they actually start doing internships or things like that. And then they start yeah. going out and doing some things. And I get to a certain extent, like there's, there's ways we have to level that. There's medical school. Like some of the stuff that Will and I are talking about, I don't think is all targeted towards all of higher ed. That's, that's also part of the problem. Higher ed is complex. Like that's we have fair. stuff like medical schools and things like that. You and I have talked about this before. There's also a part of the reason while it's super expensive. And I think, there's a change to it. There's also a payoff in a lot of times with medical school because the payment side at the end for that position tends to be higher to be able to pay off those bills. Um, but also we've talked about where like you can't just throw somebody into an apprenticeship doing surgical stuff on day one uh, on a human um, like they, no. you know, there's a lot of right. pre-learning <laughs> and things like that. We So like I understand all that. We're not necessarily saying that. Um, I think part of the issue is that um, we're realizing that with the dawn of the internet and more startup type institutions and programs for learning that are more focused, like we're seeing more of this start to happen, like kind of startup institutions, as I kind of classify them being a focused thing, like on teaching people engineering or teaching people this skill or whatever that may be, or this job pathway people are because of the expense and time and energy people want a more focused pathway to the thing they want to get to right. um, or in smaller bites. So that somebody who later on, like we were talking about this in the accelerated series with a buddy of ours, Alex, like later yeah. on realizing, I just, I want to know how to code 
to get jobs in that area. Like, right. I don't want to waste a whole bunch of time on a four year degree. I want to, I want to get these boot. And we're seeing some of that happen in the tech space, like boot camps and things like that. Yep. I think that's starting to make people realize, like, couldn't we be doing that more in other places, like more focused places well, and letting the students choose yeah. what they would like to do and having some more flexibility in the development of pace and things like that. I think we're starting to get a lot of that because we're seeing it in professional development spaces. We're seeing it. And this is why I think in higher ed, they have a lot of conversations about, I want to do more micro credentialing or all those things. Cause we're seeing that <laughs> over in the area and in yeah. higher ed's classic way, we oversimplify the solution and we go, well, they're doing that over there in professional development and people like micro credentials. Let's do that. That must be the solution to all our problems. Um, I don't know. Is that making sense? Kind of what I'm, I'm referencing there. I feel like it's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I feel like some of the, the dawn of internet digital and kind of like high flex education is starting to get people to realize that there's maybe cheaper ways we can do this without all the extreme overhead. Of that, that, and I think like you've got, you've got big successes like Ninja, Tyler Blevins, um, who became who became the top video game streamer in the world, you know, without a high. I don't know if he finished uh, high school. He dropped out of college like he did not do it. He paved a path. He created an industry that didn't previously exist. And good for him. I mean, we you know, that's that's the that's the um, the cycle, the hallmark of industry. Right. Henry Ford didn't have a an assembly line, so he made the assembly line. And so now everybody uses the assembly line. Um, but like I met somebody recently in my co-working facility. He's gotta be barely 19. He started doing what's called drop shipping. I hadn't, I wasn't aware of what the heck this was. Right. But he started doing this in the 10th grade. It's where you buy a bunch of bulk stuff from somewhere else and you sell it through a third party and you run the customer service, like your service, your, 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 what you're being paid to do is being the service to the customer. So Amazon might be the one actually selling your materials that you've bought from Alibaba or whatever, but you're the one that talks to the customer and, and takes their return if something goes wrong. He's 18 or 19 running his own business. He finished high school maybe, and, and that's it. He will never go to college. He has become a successful business person at 18 or 19 years old. Yeah. These kinds of things with the internet weren't possible in the 1990s. They were yeah. barely possible in the 2000s. And so now there's more and more, I think, democratization of of entrepreneurship, right? There used to be kind of a, a um, uh, become your own like business person by starting up a contracting company, patenting or making a, the better spring or a new door hinge, right? Like something physical. Now, like anyone can make anything a, a career. You know, make something that takes on Photoshop, make something that, that competes with Canva, make something that make the next AI, AI bot. And, and you don't yeah. need degrees to do any of that stuff. It's all yeah. something you just have to learn. There yeah, are degrees I, that help you get there. But like the, the threshold isn't there with college degree requ being required to get into that stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that to a certain extent. My only pushback there would be I'm not sure that's a new thing that's changing things, because to your point, that's always existed. Like that pathway, like we've been hearing that since I was in high school, like, you know, the second Steve Jobs created Apple, it was like, there was this whole thing about like, we'll see mom and dad, all these successful people created this company without being in college. And like, that's right. a reality. I think, I think there was a stigma for a while that college, you needed college to be successful, but that's never been the case. I would argue since even before college existed, that's not been the case. Like you don't need at college to time, be successful. At the and same I'm time, not... though, there's become a lot more colleges and a lot more universities. Like yes, that, the 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 desire for them's grown, and so they've tried to fill the gap and provide a product that I think is overinflated. I think we are. I think we have too many colleges. We have oh, yeah. too much higher education. I mean, that's that's definitely a thing. Um, I would not disagree with that coming from the two of us who live in a state that probably is the most colleges out of half the states here. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that's, that's not something I disagree with at all. I think we do. I think the, the com the complexity of what's happening in higher ed is more than just some of the stuff Will and I are mentioning. There's a lot of factors going on of what there is. I think a big part of it is rising costs and just not the payoff. Like at the end of the day, if we're being honest, that's what's happening right now. I think, 
people are seeing, I've got to spend how much money to go to this college and then pay off all these loans. And yep. they're starting to be, I think the, the key point here is actually, I would argue it's not that it's easier now to be an entrepreneur, quote unquote. I think it's just easier to get experiences other ways into an or into a job or startup or whatever it may be to get money in those spaces because we have the internet that's provided a lot of resources for learning yeah. things like yeah. skills that you just, if you have them, you'll get hired in those areas. Before the internet, you had to go somewhere and meet someone or read a book. Maybe you read yeah, a book. I mean, like, like, yeah, you, could read you had to book. go a apprentice Maybe, somewhere. You had to go you know. join a construction crew. You had to yeah. go and knock on a door. Like there was a physical requirement to learning something. Yeah. Now anyone can learn something from home from the internet. And that is a, that is the, I think to me, the difference, the accelerator where business has can boom, you know, post 2000. Yeah. And, and I know the internet predates 2000, right? But like in the 21st century here, we have seen, we've seen crypto become a thing. And, and like, who could imagine crypto in 2000? No one. Yeah. Um, well, we may yeah. not imagine it in the future anyway, depending on whether it fully crashes or not. You know, we right. have good and bad ideas in this world. Um, but like, the, and now I also see like tools that are cropping up around business, uh, around um, budding career people, right? Like um, Outlier, Straighter Line, Clepping, right? These are products yeah. that help folks get through college quicker. Yep. So these are these are companies who realize like, hey, the time issue is a thing. If we can get people to the degree sooner and we can get their money in the process, they're going to be happier. And, you know, the colleges will still get degrees out. Um, I really am enjoying like a tool called Otta.com, O-T-T-A. I've recommended it to a lot of folks who are like job hunting. It's one of those things. It's one of those tools that will actually do a little bit of searching and, and questioning and surveying of you, the mm -hmm. person looking for a job. What do you offer? What are you interested in? What careers, money, in, in all this? And then it curates jobs that could fit you. So you could put in there that you don't have a degree and it will find you the jobs that do not require degrees. Like the tools exist now for yeah. anyone to get a job, whether you have a degree or not. Um, and I know companies like Guild Education that, I mean, I don't know 100%, but like they have a statement that like, degrees are not their threshold and the job postings I've seen, I've not seen one job posting from their company that requires a single degree. All of it is two years of experience doing something, seven years of experience doing something, five years experience in the field, right? And that I think is a, is a telling example. Like if businesses stop wholesale or, or even organically, just a few at a time over time, businesses stop requiring the degree, the degree higher education's dead. Yeah, like there'll just be the yeah. folks who want to get a PhD in humanities and that that will be and maybe and like medical doctors, please continue getting degrees. I appreciate that. Medical yeah. doctors, um, research scientists. That's fine. Those are those are. Fields yeah, there's work, still some but. fields. I mean, I think that's why you're seeing STEM and like medical based stuff growing in higher ed, because that's the area where that's not going away. And I and I'm not sure it's going to even if higher ed transforms and changes that area, I'm not sure it's going to transform and change too much right now just because we're not seeing that tension happening there right now as much um yeah. and there's a, a solid argument for the amount of time and effort it goes through to get into those fields um like that's i think in the payoff is different like the reason yeah. you're not seeing it is the payoff is different at the end of the day like i know people have tons of medical loans they don't enjoy paying them off but i'll be honest my friends and i think you would agree who tend to be in those fields for the most part um are making more than I am. Um, like, and so that's. Hey, I remember different... my, my dentist at one point telling me he had to take out $400,000 in loans just to buy one machine. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's a crazy expensive industry yeah. and, and stuff like that. And that's just the dentists, right? You're not talking like, you know, brain surgeons and stuff, but yeah, I think the salaries need to be commensurate for that kind of stuff. It's appropriate, yeah. but yeah, no, it's appropriate. I think, Anyway, I yeah, I don't see a problem yeah. with that direction. I think that's I just think that's probably why you're not going to see as much of a change. I don't know. This is comp it's a complex thing. I don't think we really had a a hot take on it. I will say this, I do think just in general the organization that we see is higher ed. I don't know if I, I dying is probably our grab title term. Um I think it's 
changing slash dying. Sometimes death is a transformation into something else. I think we're finding more results in people trying to figure out how do we take some of the, cause I always still hear, I mean, you've heard this argument before too, Will, where it's like, I don't need higher ed. I have YouTube. Um, and, uh, yeah. those, I laugh at those a little bit too. Cause I'm like, that's cool. You can't learn literally everything on YouTube. Um, there's, you can <laughs> there's learn a, a little point, bit of it a lot, but you can't learn everything. There's a point to guided learning and learning experiences. Yeah. I think the there's a value to valuable. all of that. The instructor is still valuable. The design is still valuable. I think what's happening is we're seeing more and more places and things start to pop up with, we need to get more innovative in the way we use technology to provide those learning experiences to people that are more affordable and usable for them. And the reality of that is I think you're going to see higher ed change or probably die off purely because maybe some people in higher ed wouldn't like me saying this, but um, I honestly think part of it is accreditation um needs to die uh i'm just gonna be blunt um like we're gonna do something later in the season where we talk will and i are gonna talk a little bit about our dream if we could save higher ed and change it um one of the things i get very frustrated with and i think is part of the reason higher ed is so stuck sometimes is accreditation requires them to do so much like students who come in i laugh because i was this way too coming in they take programs and they go like uh this is why can't i just take these courses with this focus and i want to go that's partially because we're required to make you take so many credits. Like your degree is required to have so many contact hours and credits. And like, that's not something that's just debatable uh, with accreditation. Like we're required to do now the way that that looks differs from institution to institution. But um, I've been convinced that that red tape is stopping the innovation from happening in higher ed that needs to happen. And I think that's why you're going to start to see people move away from that. Because at the end of the day, a lot of this, you were saying, well, and I agree with you, a lot of applications, a lot of things, they're changing their perspective. They still want some degrees in an area because it helps show some base knowledge and things like that. But at the end of the day, if they get somebody in for the interview for a position who has way more years experience or knowledge and skills and is being innovative and has that emotional intelligence to work with people, they're going to take them over somebody who has a fancier degree. Like yeah. that is a reality. I, there's, there's other places that may not be like that, you know, like, but in general, I think that I feel safe saying that uh, yeah. because I do think that's a direction that's moving. Um, and higher ed needs to figure out what they're going to do. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, I don't think it's going to be higher ed just coming out with more micro credentials. Um, <laughs> like they're Spoiler already, alert. yeah, they're already doing that in corporate and corporate's not loving it either. Like micro credentials are already starting to fall as like a thing to look for. Um, yep. because that's a wild west and it could be anything. And that's speaking as people like we've done credentialing and things like that. Like I have it's credentials. Like, it's almost like it died like the MOOC, you know? Yeah. Know. Oh, the MOOC. Open uh, online. Yeah. What, I don't even remember what it stands for anymore. It's just when I say MOOC, I think like, uh, Jabba the Hutt. I don't know. I don't know. Whenever I say MOOC, I've always imagined like Jabba the Hutt, you know, like not great gross large mean yeah kind of gross large mean i don't know i don't know anyway that's will and i's perspective uh in general it sounds like both will and i while we disagree on some of the points uh would i think we would both safely say i do think higher ed in some form or fashion is dying Um, and i think we're going to see a change um and uh, i hope it's for the positive Uh, i will say i think there's a lot of stuff in higher ed I don't want to see lost, like the humanities stuff we're talking about. Like, There's a lot of stuff where our world does need more critical thinkers. Like, We get overly focused on skills, and we should be focused on skills, but we also need people who can think yeah. um, and evaluate. It's not all just about skills. Um, it's about critical thinking and careful thinking. Like, Our world needs more of that. So I'm hoping we see a change that changes higher ed, but for the better towards something like that. Anyway, yeah. that became a more hot topic than we intended. We should probably get into researching that a little bit. Um, yeah, that we should really help us. We should hop in to researching that topic a bit. You know, mm, um, you know I just you, I should kind of like it for that one. Yeah, kind of like a rabbit. Um, you know. Yep. There yeah. It is. Anyway, boom! Transition hit you. You didn't even know. You know, they're coming you're out like, of the dark, folks. Yeah, they're just having fun. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, are they? Uh, are they doing a transition? The correct answer is yes, we were transition. doing a transition. Yeah, transition. Exactly. Anyway, uh, the app we were talking about today is called Research Rabbit. We've talked about this 
app technically before for a brief period of time. Uh, our uh, one of our returning guests, the Harbinator, Justin Harbin. <laughs> we've we've literally never called Dr. him the Harbinator. Doctor Harbinator. How have we not? done that before. i hope you're laughing in your car right now my friend uh yeah i hope he listens. Uh, that's, he listens that's saying weeks. that he still listens to us um <laughs> no i'm just um uh he did just tell me he was listening to podcasts on like double speed so maybe yeah. he's listening to this on double speed now um <laughs> anyway um justin had talked about this ep this uh this app briefly on episode 92 uh well why to well do done. ungrading see we were bit we were killing time while i searched the episode in our database on my screen golf class um golf anyway class. he talked about this briefly we didn't get into it in a ton because he had just discovered it just i'm not gonna take credit for this justin's the one who shared it with me it's an ai based app um it's uh you can go to research rabbit research rabbit app.com i believe is the url if i'm looking correctly um uh -oh. i feel like i lied that doesn't feel right did the url change when i went to the the real I... one I feel like it's got AI at the end. Is it AI? It's researchrabbit.ai. Yeah. Okay. Well, the URL changes when you log in. So there's a fun oh, thing. Oh, okay. It's .com right. when you're logged in. Researchrabbitapp.com is the uh, yeah. app version. Because yes. I'm logged in on my screen right now. That's why I was curious. Okay. Anyway, okay. So Re Research Rabbit basically at its, it's uh when Justin talked about this in episode 92, the thing he focused on was like lit reviews. When you're basically like looking for literature in a topic. Um, I mean, that's really what Research Rabbit's about. So Research Rabbit is basically an AI-driven IA, AI tool um, that you can put in academic papers. It connects to a tool called Zotero. Um, and uh, you can basically put in topics, papers, um, and find other resources and connections to that topic and paper, right? So basically what happens is, like, we were testing this with, with uh, something Will worked on um and uh dropped in the paper it found a similar paper uh it has access to a handful of, of databases um but then you pull in that paper and then it asks you basically like do you want to find earlier works by that person um or works on that topic that were done earlier or later work uh more by the authors of this paper or do you want to look at suggested authors but really i think its power is it gives you an option to basically go do you want to see similar similar works Right. Uh, and when you do that, it basically opens up this fancy, which um, anyone who's done research knows is the worst part of finding other yes. research is like manually hunting it down. Yes. Like trying to Google search things or asking now in this day and age, chat GPT, can you find me other sources? And chat GPT responds back with uh, make stuff up, <laughs> make stuff up. Uh, it also can't get like behind paywalls and stuff. That's a big right, thing. with right. re uh, Even AI still right now is the struggle to get behind paywalls. This specifically can go through academic resources and look throughout uh, the internet to find that information. And what I like about it is it creates kind of an interconnected mind map, if you will. So like when I looked up uh, Will's research, it basically gave me the original article in this little green circle and then made connections to a whole bunch of other articles um, yeah. or other papers. And those papers connected then to other papers that were on those topics. And so it finds a ton of, of resources like when i and well, all when you I had to do is put in the title right yeah you all i had to do is put in the or... title and find the paper and, and right when i did it it also even in the initial search found other papers similar to it and i could select all of those papers as kind of my base resources and then right. have it search off of those base resources dang um what i found very interesting was um just like the amount that it finds like so like when i looked just even on that one topic, Will, we looked at, it found 50 different papers across different places. Um, and like, I could click on them. It had like the author's name and it would show me linked content content. And then here's the cool thing. So when I click on one of the authors from the suggestions from the original paper, Will, it then tells me, uh, do you want to see other suggested authors or more by these authors? Right? So oh. one of the one of the options I clicked on gave me 170 other options by that person alone. <laughs> so like, and then like, here's the, the, another one gives me these authors plus similar works. And I get 574 options for that other person's that's similar too works. Many. That's like, and too many. That's a lot of options, right? But uh, sorry, I'm trying to get back to the one person I was clicking on that gave me 170 for them. Because there's something cool that happened when I clicked on that person. Um, here we go. I think I got the right person. 
So if I get that, like these authors, and I click on that these authors option, like the 170, yeah, it yeah. then gives me another map for that set of authors. So like, so here's what it's doing, right? Essentially, the AI is finding in your initial search, right? It's finding every like one by those authors plus any connected papers that are connected to that original academic paper or that original academic content, right? And so it's finding all those connections for you. So you can click on them and look at those articles. But then say I go and it's doing it kind of by like a topic to train of thought or author. Mm -hmm. And like, so if I click on that author and I start to find more interesting things by that person, it can say, okay, well, I want to keep going down this thought train, this research train, right, essentially. Right. And I, that's what I'm basically doing. I'm clicking down these interconnected maps to get to more resources in a certain area. And so while it's a lot of, like your comment, well, it's a lot of resources. When you're doing in-depth research, though, like dissertation level research or like book level research on a topic, it's a pain right now to do that on the internet like it's it's difficult doing that and there's a lot of tools we've tried to solve that problem but what's really cool about research rabbit is it's doing a lot of the legwork for you um right. and one thing that was impressive like i haven't used this in an actual research situation yet but justin was commenting he commented on this in our in our episode episode 92 where he talked about this but since then i've talked to justin a lot more about this and he's commented on like he's put in lit reviews he's done before this tool existed and it found most of the stuff he found on his own plus more Dang. like, so like, it's just, it's a more comprehensive tool. And what's really cool is you can go in here then and create separate collections. So like, even if you don't want to use this for research, but you just want to dig into topics, like you wanted to get in to, you know, get more knowledgeable about a certain topic. Research rabbit is a tool that you could use to do that. And you can create separate collections for it. So you can have topic threads and things that you're going down and save them. And then they're all exportable too in for dissertation level for like specific um the different export types like what is it bib x or something and uh oh. there's a couple you know what i'm talking about yeah. like there's a yeah, yeah. that's not my area as much so because <laughs> will and i stopped at the master's level but um we know <laughs> thankfully we, we know what that is like we've seen we it like in ourselves education. too much yeah so it's really cool it's i think it's a really powerful tool it's a good use of ai they're using ai to do this yeah. Um, and I think it's something that could definitely help cut down time for research, um, anything from dissertation level stuff to prepping for papers, topics, writing books. Um, if you're just in an academic environment and you're doing research in a specific area or whatever you want, this could be a really powerful tool for doing that. All for free. It is yes. not a currently right product. now. Research rabbit okay. is completely free for now. Um, hopefully yes. forever. Maybe. I would assume we've been in education long enough to to be skeptical of somebody that. will eventually want money but you know hashtag uh flipgrid well i guess flipgrid stayed all free way. all the time it just yeah went the other way it just went to microsoft um yeah what's yeah i don't i don't know i'm trying to think off the top of my head now tools have done that but we know that's a common thing in higher ed all of us yep no um tools we've lost to the payment plan yep the evil payment plan um but i will say to their point, I think Justin commented on this as well. They have a mission, and right now they're pretty intense about being free. Like, that's kind yeah. of their thing. Um, now, you know, one that, rem you know, rhymes with Pipothesis um, also. <laughs> Amazing. Also was that way. Um, and uh, you now pay. Um, but uh, I think for now, it's a tool you can dig into, play around with, and cut down a lot of time on the research side of things yeah yeah um, start if you want to start a phd do it right now while research yes research do it free. before research rabbit becomes paid um <laughs> so we'll see I, they're really early they're a newer tool so i think you'll see them stay free for a while yeah. um and uh honestly the tools it's just really cool how the whole system works um just what you can find how you connect it's clearly built with research in mind and connecting ideas and thoughts um without having to do a bunch of google search pages and saving them even in our great tools like we like like mendeley and zotero that does this and i use i use notion for documenting everything even yep. those things don't doesn't do stuff like this uh, it doesn't find these quick connections for you and honestly cut out some of the legwork that just wastes time like it, it gets you right into digging into the resources as opposed to just spending hours looking 
um like it starts to get you that that information quickly so that's i think pretty cool puts it puts your time of effort on the right things actually reading the content dealing with the content exactly and writing that's where you want to be spending your time not doing the searching anyway so jump on that like a rabbit that was a bad joke i don't need to do that anymore yeah see that i i entered that joke and just felt like it was going bad (laughs) that's just what i think we should leave alone (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) anyway um with that horrible note uh what's next Uh, (laughs) the end of the high-tech podcast that's what's next. No, there will joking. be no episode one hundred two. There will be no episode one hundred two. Um, no episode one hundred two will be coming next week. Will and I are going to be roasting. A, you know, this is a roastery that we both love and hate. This tool, but we're going to yeah, do a yeah, roasting. Yeah, yeah. We've talked yeah. about this tool. We're going to be roasting, articulate a little bit. We're going to focus on. We're going to go. We're going to go into the the unhappy high tech podcast. We're going to go into the. Yeah. Uh, we hope you listen to this articulate. And we hope you change these things uh, type of vibe. Um, we've, we've done this for past tools. You're already we're great. Be- do better. <laughs> yes. You're already great. Do better. And then we're also going to be introducing a new tool called canopy. Um, we are not roasting that one. If you, I noticed when we say the episode in a certain order, it sounds like we're roasting both <laughs> or like we're roast, roast, three articulate and canopy. Nope. Just one we're roasting for now. And then we'll be talking about canopy uh next week as well so just a reminder if you don't already uh follow us on twitter at high tech podcast or subscribe to us on youtube at high tech podcast that works in both of those places if you're watching the video it's down right about here ish i don't remember i think it's over there yeah it's it's over here if you're not watching the video you should start all right we're cool you know you missed all of our lighting effects (laughs) <laughs> if you were you just you, it's fine just you turn the episode off then you're not here yeah like I, who knows so anyway check us out there if you want to reach us you can also email us at inbox at hightechpod.us and check out our website hightechpod.us all episodes have information about each app we talk about um and so i definitely encourage you checking that out there is content on those pages that is not in the episode um so if you're interested in something that we talk about as an app like you want to get started with research rabbit I will provide that information to you on our episode page. So check that out at hightechpod.us. Again, thank you everybody for joining us for another week as we continue to look what it looks like to harness technology uh, in the classroom, whether online or in person or not even in higher ed if it's not here anymore. We don't know. Um, Thank you for joining us for another week on the High Tech Podcast. See ya. See ya.